Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Today, my friends, is TV Tuesday. Television Tuesday. If you are unfamiliar what TV stands for, you are a weirdo, and I like you for that fact, you weirdo. Something I like to say at the top of every show is that there will be spoilers. I like saying it, because there will be spoilers. That is how that works. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. <laughs> No, that is ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes, as that is what helps podcasts grow larger, not grow smaller, grow larger. Please, please, please do so. It is nice of you when you do so. And good karma will head your way. That is a LibroCube guarantee. That will, of course, take us into our last piece of podcast-related business, which is today's sponsor, which is Sid Caesar Salad Dressing. Once again, today's sponsor is Sid Caesar Salad Dressing. Thank you to them for sponsoring this. TV Tuesday episode, in which I have two items. Item the first is Conan O'Brien sat down with Mel Brooks, uh, and they had a little chat about the recent passing away of Sid Caesar. Very, very sad. Um, may not be familiar. He's a little bit before my time as well. But if you at all follow comedy, uh, a lot of these uh, older gentlemen, comedy titans who paved the way for comedians to be um, funny and stuff, are kind of getting up there. So, uh, sad to say. Uh, in fact, yesterday, and he was only 69 years old, uh, Harold Ramis died as well. Another sort of comedy titan within the comedy world. So, sadness all around. They say it comes in threes as well. So, oh boy. I left uh, a couple of minutes later than normal today, and uh, that has turned into me being stuck behind a school bus that is stopping repeatedly. So, oops. Thus concludes the traffic report. Anyways, Sid Caesar, one of those uh, older comedy titans, had been sick for a while. The only reason I know this is because uh, of Mel Brooks, which makes sense that it's him talking about Sid Caesar. Apparently, really good pals would go over and see him, sort of almost, from the sounds of it, in his sick bed keep them company, that kind of thing, which uh, which is heartwarming in itself. Mel Brooks went so far as to say that without Sid Caesar, there would be no Mel Brooks, as in 
it was sort of him in the biz who helped him along, that sort of idea, which I like that thought as well. Very, very heartwarming, this. If you are familiar with Mel Brooks, he's usually uh, always on a laugh a minute type guy, but uh, here he, he got a little serious because it's one of his very, very close friends dying, so... I wanted to bring it back and pay my respects a little bit as well for someone who had helped uh, shape the comedy landscape, basically. Apparently Conan as well, a very, very big fan. And uh, it sounds like Mel was touched that once Caesar died, Conan contacted Mel and had a very, very sort of, again, heartwarming talk with him about Sid Caesar, and that was why Mel was on the show. So they could uh, share their reminiscences reminiscences in the form of <coughs> sneezing. No. Reminiscence is of Sid Caesar being an artist when it comes to uh, sort of gibberish and uh, double talk. So he was able to convincingly sound like he was speaking in French or the clip they showed was German and yet not know a word of French or German or whatever language he was speaking in. But it sounded like he did. <laughs> on the one hand, I don't want to I don't want to give the clip away that they showed. On the other hand, I'm going to. Basically, Sid Caesar, who was a lot larger than I thought he was, I thought he was like a little guy, was uh, being dressed, being dressed presumably as a uh, sort of German general, and uh, various hijinks, some of the slapstick variety surrounding the dressing of him as a German general. Eventually, he's fully dressed, and he heads on out. He's uh, waving, he's nodding respectfully to the uh, the upper-class, very military-esque, straight-backed, confident walk, and then he reaches the door of what turns out to be a hotel, and he is, in fact, a doorman. Because <laughs> if you've ever seen the doorman outfit, this was a little more uh, elaborate, but still. Yeah, but still, very, very amusing. Uh, both Conan and Mel think it, and I, I totally agree with this, very important to show young people uh, comedians of the past such as this. Like, I'd, I'd probably go Three Stooges as well. I think if you're a kid, you're goddamn guaranteed going to like Three Stooges. Little Abbott and Costello, little Sid Caesar, uh, little Laurel and Hardy even, maybe even go back to Charlie Chaplin. These are things that, if you are at all a fan of comedy, would be a good idea to have a look at. You may not, just because things have changed, you may not 100% of the time laugh at some of the things that they're doing, but it's, it's a, I think, a good idea to see where we sort of came from comedically to where we are now. Uh, Sid Caesar, probably best known for his show of shows, which was a show of shows. Mel Brooks spoke a little bit about how he never went, quote-unquote, Hollywood, and by that he just meant never really did much in the way of movies. Uh, it sounds like Mel Brooks wanted him to come out to Hollywood and do movies and be sort of on the big screen. Sid Caesar, uh, sort of rather than do that, do that, stayed with his show, his show of shows, which, from the sound of it, did for... Oh, God, how many years? Uh, I didn't write that, but it was over 10, I think, or maybe it was 10. And just sort of poured his very lifeblood into the show, and it was kind of his one great love. So uh, I could see that, the the idea of having a show that you are behind, you are sort of a number one on the show. It's a constantly 
it's a constant paycheck. <laughs> That's something I suppose you could keep in mind. And you could really get your uh, creative juices, your comedy juices flowing, whereas if you're in movies, uh, you're probably working for other people, that, uh, that sort of idea. One movie I do remember him in was uh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, which is a movie that perhaps people of my age have not seen, uh, my age being in my 30s or younger. I think if you're in your 40s and 50s, you've probably seen this movie. Anyways, what I'm saying is, we should all see this movie. It's one of those classic comedy films that uh, me just talking about it now makes me want to watch it again. So perhaps I will give myself a mental note and say, Jordan, watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World again. Whenever I say the title of that movie, I have to count because I know it's four mads. So I, I count them off of my fingers in order to make sure I get the count right. So uh, all in all, I think uh, a good takeaway from this is, hey, watch the clip. Sure, go on uh, Conan either his website or do as I do and watch his clips on the YouTube. But uh, a, a good takeaway is uh, expose yourself <laughs> to comedy of the past. That's a, that's a good good thing to, to take from this talk. Yes? Yes. Folks, I'm going to have to stop momentarily to get a little of the old gasoline, or as we say here in Canada, go, go, juice. In Canada, we call gasoline go-go juice. That is a fact. Whatever you do, whatever you do, please, I beg of you, do not question that fact. It is a truth. A truthism, you might even say. Gas is expensive today. 132.9. Last time I bought, I think it was 125. So, I don't like that too much. I don't like it at all. I will edit out this portion of the program in which I get gas and be back in a moment. Editing. 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 On the road again. Road again. Folks, I have a little something I like to call the, um, Lepercube Guilty Pleasure. Yeah, uh, I've never called anything that before. That's uh, the first time I've uttered that sentence, I do believe. So, uh, what I have is a television show that I enjoy and feel slightly guilty about for the reason that probably the demographic this show is aimed at is not uh, 33-year-old heterosexual males. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The show in question is called Anna and Christina's Grocery Bags. Yes, I like this show. Shut up. Shut up, you. They're definitely, and uh, how would I help myself a little bit and say, you got here a, a sexy brunette and a sexy blonde. Verging. I'm not sure if they have kids, but I think you know where I'm going with this. Verging on MILF territory. So, uh, you know, there's that. But that's not the only reason I like it. I like it because they're, like, two friends who have shits and giggles together and there's there's funniness and in camaraderie and a little gentle ribbing from time to time. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Plus there's food, which, you know, fan of the food, so it's good stuff. And then there's the whole sort of contest element to it. Let me explain, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, 
which, <laughs> if I can think of people who would listen to this podcast, probably not a great majority of them watching Anna and Christina's grocery bags. They had another show called Shopping Bags as well, which uh, the Mrs. and I have watched on occasion. I don't like that one as much. But it's still good, which, again, I feel guilty of my pleasure of both of these shows. <laughs> one thing, and I always say this to the Mrs., and it, I think it's driving her nuts, is uh, what the show is, it's uh, these two girls will get a cookbook and then cook things from the cookbook for usually a chef. And the whole idea is at the end of the show, they decide whether or not the cookbook is worth a buy or not. That's sort of the whole idea. The chef will rate them, usually a 1 to 10 rating, and, you know, that's your show. They have a, a sort of time period in which they're allowed to prepare these meals. And quite often, and I think one of the reasons I like it, things go awry. I think that's probably why I like it, is very rarely, in fact, if ever, does everything go 100% according to plan. And I like that. I like that. Anyways, what I was about to say, that the missus is friggin' steamed at, is that I actually <laughs> emailed Anna and Christina. Mm -hmm. Sent them an email, as you do. And uh, the email that I sent them had to do with a suggestion for a cookbook they bring to the show. I have realized while editing this episode that I kind of left out the most important part of this story, and that is that they actually emailed me back, if you can believe that, and uh, said something along the lines of, we're gearing up for a new season, and uh, we'll keep this in mind. I'm not sure if it was just a polite answer, or it will actually factually happen. We'll just have to wait and see. Back to this program. <sighs> the cookbook in question does make a little more sense for my demographic, and that is, uh, if you are familiar with Neelix, from the television program Star Trek Voyager, he was a really good cook. Known far and wide across the Delta Quadrant for his cooking prowess. He, in the actual real world that we are living in, and I am saying these words, has a actual factual cookbook of sort of Star Trek themed recipes. So, I emailed Anna and Christine with the suggestion that they bring that book back, because they need nerds to watch the show, was my thought. So every time the show comes on, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be my episode yet. <laughs> it has not yet been my episode. I really hope they do that one. I think it would be good for everyone, basically. If that ever does happen, you can guarantee I will bring that back. That's a liberal cube guarantee, is what that is. I was just watching it last night and decided that uh, I'd never brought it back, and I do watch it on a, not a regular basis. I've seen probably dozens of episodes of it, if I had to say. At least definitely into the double digits of episodes of the show I've seen, and I have thoroughly enjoyed them. Shut up, I said. Uh, the one yesterday was interesting. They reviewed a cookbook uh, about food from food trucks, which seemed to be a big thing lately, food trucks. Uh, I live in a small town, small town, small town, so uh, my experience with food trucks is basically none, just from the odd time when I've gone into the city of Toronto 
and had a little uh, little street meat, little sausage on a bun, that sort of idea. That's about as far as I've ever ventured into the food truck world. Uh, some of the recipes did not sound very good, like uh, tofu... Well, I was going to say tofu meatballs, but the very fact that they're tofu, I think you have to take the word meat out of them, no? So tofu balls, those didn't sound good. Spam sliders? Mm, yeah, I don't really... Canned meat, I don't necessarily have anything against, uh, but why not just get corned beef? Canned corned beef is, is pretty delicious, actually, so use that instead. Ugh. That was interesting as well, in that they did all their cooking inside a food truck. This thing was huge, though, like a RV-style giant one. I think it might have had more potential for humor if they did it in, like, a little teeny one, because then they really would have got on each other's nerves. There's sometimes... It's not every time, but sometimes that is sort of a little underlying feel to it, is that uh, they're driving each other crazy, which I like as well. Maybe it's just, as I like to imagine it, a little sexual tension between the two of them. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I took it really, really dirty there at the end, which is probably what you were expecting, so uh, we're going to stop talking about television on this TV Tuesday episode of the Lackadaisical Liberal Cubicleist Podcast. Uh, please check out Conan and, hey, feel guilty about your pleasure when it comes to Anna and Christina's grocery bags. Why don't you? That will, of course, leave one final thing to say, which is always the final thing to say, which is, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. If for any reason you would like to contact us, you can do so via the email address, mailwood.jordan at gmail.com. And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper.